0: To listen mm-hmm. and to allow yourself to just own it and to yeah. accept it. And that's a gift that. too. That is a real gift that you can give to people is to just listen. Because in that moment, that person, if you acknowledge that in that moment of pause, that person knows that you're actually listening yeah. to them.
1: Try this bad boy out for You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens where humanity are stakeholders, different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable, to facilitate a new conversation.
2: We are live, directing me on this conversation. Well, here's the thing. Like I really I felt this importance of having conversations every day with someone different. Because if we're gonna see change across the globe, I feel that one of the starting points is by having a different conversation. And so, John, welcome to the decision table where we literally just have a conversation, press live, and you know, whoever comes in and listen to us and but I kind of felt spoilt in a lot of ways because I got to travel the world and have amazing conversations with leaders across the globe. And I just wanted, like, it gave me so many insights that helped me grow who I am and continue to evolve into who I am. And I wanted to share, and I want us to, I think that one of the things that is interesting right now is we know there's challenges the globe. We know that there are things that are either going to add value or take away from us across the globe. And we have smart humans that can help us to be more effective in what we're doing, who we are every day of our lives. But we're not asking those questions. And in fact, in a lot of ways, we're stopped thinking for ourselves. And so the lens that I'm using this month on the decision table is all around the importance of the muscle of human intelligence. So for me, that is, in simple layman's terms, the data we have as a human, what are we doing with that? How are we using that? How can we use it more effectively? So there you go.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, everything you said is, yeah, it's what's going on right now. I mean, we normally are able to connect in person on, you know, around the globe. We've had the yeah. opportunity to have those moments. And one thing I do miss is the person connection. I know you travel extensively. I spent the last five years of my life traveling internationally on a plane. And all of a sudden we've had a year where we just can't do that. Or I'm actually in a country which doesn't even allow you to do that. So, I'm in um, their country yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. So, we've, we've made some of those changes. And I think, in terms of we all play a part in having an impact on people's lives. But more importantly, I guess the first impact we make is the life that we choose for ourselves. And it's interesting you're asking this question because I've been listening to dialogue. And In fact, I've been listening to stuff with uh, Yuval Harari, who wrote Sapiens and who wrote Hodeus. And he's a researcher and a historian. You know, an anthropologist. The other guy, Berger, is also another guy who's talking about not just what's going on right now, but you know, what does this lead to? Where are we heading? You know, in terms of what we're doing. And I think everything's. I believe that there is a false economy. Right, our economies Mm -hmm. are being propped up in ways which aren't making any sense. Like you know, economists and people like that can't make sense of what's going on right now in the world, right? So that's one thing. We had this idea, it happened in Australia, I know it's happening in the United States to some extent and also in Europe, but having almost a universal income, like where where our government is paying us money to survive, like to live or to have an existence. We've had probably one of the greatest experiments of that in the last 12 months with our government where they've been paying literally people's salaries, where companies have been struggling to support or supplement to keep people in work, right? One of the things the government's responsible for is making sure they're motivating employment and encouraging people to do that. So without being talking about politics or talking about economic views... By the way,
2: (laughs) can I just put a framework here? There is no judgment zone on the decision table. I think that yeah. we have to talk about these things. Yeah. I think yeah. we have to bring this out into the open, start having conversations and figuring out how do we shift this from problem to solution? That's what this conversation is all about.
0: Well, we've got some very significant problems. We're very driven by the soundbite. and We're not now just driven by the soundbite from a media point of view, we're driven by the soundbite in social media. Yes. as well so that's has a huge impact in terms of what's going on in people's minds but if i take it back to us or as an individual mm-hmm. right we're so so it's really weird if i look at my day started about an hour and a half ago right so it started at 4 30 yep. in the morning and i did the very thing that i am committed to not doing right so <laughs> i started my day in the way that a lot of people start their day is yeah. distraction right <laughs> distraction so What's the drama? What's a distraction? Yep. What's the thing? So look at, you know, check emails, blah blah. So I went there. And I went from distraction to organization. So now I'm picking up one piece of paper from this side of the desk and moving it to the other side of the desk. So I went from drama, distraction to let's get organized, right? Let's get organized the day. So I shifted yeah. one side to the other. Then I went from, okay, am I looking at the cause or am, am I looking at the effect? And effect, what I was yeah. doing, I was looking at the, I was looking at the cause. Not the effect, right? So I did some things that I thought were going to help me through the day. But when I stopped mm-hmm. myself in that moment, I was hang on, whoa, 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 this isn't actually going to give me the result that I'm looking for, right? There are things that I want to do, or there are things that are important that need to happen. And I need to be actually committed to the decision of making that a reality, right? And so I went through like the four steps of distraction, right? I went from what's going on around me, being distracted, diverted, to organization effectively doing nothing but shifting things around to oh i've got to look you know this thing over here needs to be addressed which was a cause but in terms of what i wanted to achieve and do there was no effective so i caught myself about half an hour into my day where whoa whoa, whoa, (laughs) i'm setting myself up for craziness easy to do right because that's what happens rather than getting back into the actual routine which i normally would undertake so I think a lot of people, because of the distraction, because of the drama, because it's very easy to lose a lot of time, realize, oh, my God, I've wasted, like, I just, I didn't get anything done. You know, as I said that I was going to get organized, what didn't happen, because we've allowed ourselves to drift off and not be mm. committed or focused to the things that are important. And I think the first thing that we kind of got to get back to, because I believe at some level, there's a lot of people that are overwhelmed. They're over-informed. They're over, I guess, there's just too much going on, right? And social media or our interaction with technology has a lot to do with what's dragging our attentions. And so one thing that I found with overwhelm, and it's weird because I'm just going to kind of the simplicity, is what are your values? What's really important? Like putting everything aside, if you were to just stand there in your own place, and in your own space, and you want to answer that question, a lot of people wouldn't be able, would struggle to really zero in to what's true for themselves, mm-hmm. right, because, mm-hmm. because of the noise. So it would take people a moment to go, okay, what? at the end of the day, what, is, what really matters here to you as yeah. a person, right? And that question is to you, not projected outwardly to the world, right, because when you connect with what's important to you, you're going to bring that to the world anyway. Yeah. Right? That's what you bring. So everybody's pointing the finger out. This is the impact. This is the change. This is the problem. This is the thing that needs to happen, right? When they've really got to go, where am I? (laughs)
2: Right? Yeah. Here's the thing though, John. I don't know. You're just saying so many good things that I just, there's so many things I want to pull apart right now and go deeper. One of them is, I, like, if you ask me that question, my four drivers in life is humanity, giving voice to humans Patterns, because I realized that if I can pull apart patterns and figure out how the brain is wired to a pattern, then it can give you the behavior to get the result that you actually want. So that became a massive driver. And culture, that I figured that if we change culture and create the culture that we want to live in and be the example to that, that hopefully will have a domino effect. And across the globe, I wanted to see lives changed across the globe. That was my whole thing. Those are my four drivers. What would be your four drivers?
0: God, the first one is be kind. <laughs> you know? Oh, like, I love
2: be, that, be
0: kind. For me, me, I found myself in this period of time where there were moments where I got really angry, right? When I was, when I was getting very yeah. frustrated and very angry. And so, and, in, and then, I, you know, then I would project that out, right? Because you know, you're not, when you're it when you're angry, the thing that you think you're angry about is not the thing that you're really angry about, but, yeah. but it's very easy to project that out. Right. So you're going to project that onto people, to your circumstances. And so you get into a, you know, there's a, it has an impact on you energetically and physically and emotionally. Right. Yeah. A, so true. So, so to true. me, my big question is, is how am I being kind? How am I being helpful? So to me, being mm. kind, learning learning is huge. Now, what I mean by learning is not the consumption of the information. What I mean by learning is actually, what's the feedback from what you have learned? What's the actions yeah. and the feed, you know, how you actually, there's a guy that I read once who said it beautifully. He says, most people action fake, right? You've got to stop mm-hmm. action faking. Action faking is you're doing a whole bunch of things, thinking that you're improving your situation, but you're really not. What you're doing is you're consuming, but not actually taking the action. And yeah. so you apply knowledge to me applying the knowledge is the learning not learning is not consumption learning is the doing that's the learning because you're getting feedback yeah, so so good. for me for me to be learning is really important to understand and the other thing is to have a bigger vision for myself right and how does mm. that have an impact? how does that have an impact on the world so for me I'm inspired by people like you and people who are trying to create things and change things and my inspiration is or being able to engage with people who are making a difference, right? Yeah. So, for, so if I was to say one of the drivers, one of those drivers is the inspiration of possibility, right? the I love that. What's the, oh, what's the, love that. Of the love possibility? That. And getting happy has been really important to me, right? Uh, you know, you're talking about things yeah. like getting angry and upset and all those sorts of things. Really sort of getting back to, hey, you know, am I happy right now? You know, and I'm asking that. You know, if I'm asking that question for myself, and I'm being vulnerable here, my answer to that question right now is I'm not happy. I'm with you on Um, that,
2: by the way. I've had to really deal with
0: this. Yeah, and but there are moments. You know, I've had like there are moments in my day, there are moments in my time where I can say, Mm. and I had those some of those moments yesterday, and I had one of those moments this morning where, if I were to ask myself that question in that moment, I go, yeah, I am happy. But you would have, you know, we're here right now speaking I'm not happy yeah. right so, so one of those drivers is yeah. am I feeling how am happy. I feeling and am I okay yeah. with me in the world yeah. how am I bringing yeah. me to the world so I guess those are you know drivers personal drivers. No like
2: I love that. that and thank you for being so honest and open so I so relate to that happy piece because Ooh. I think that one of the you know and from my on my side of it of what that not happy piece is is the fact that my whole world my whole the way that I was working with people, really learning. I love how you have this massive driver about learning and applying that learning. I so think that is so important. And part of my learning was through the cultures and being exposed to different thinking and different people and how they interact and what they're thinking and what, how did they innovate something so amazing? What was behind that? And so I grew so many great insights from my travels. I never wanted to stop. And then all of a sudden I was, the borders closed and all of a sudden I was home. And for me, you know, the globe is my home. Sydney did not feel like my home. And I had a lot of people in my world that don't understand my world, don't understand this thinking you talk about possibility. Oh, my gosh. If you saw my crazy ecosystem that my poor little team that work with that are just amazing moving within that. But that is kind of crazy talk here in Australia. It really, truly is, John. And so I felt that all of a sudden not only was I isolated in my own little home, which I'm so grateful for, and it's an amazing home, and I'm grateful for those that are my friends here in Sydney, but I felt there was a part of me that was the a lot of my drivers in life that they didn't get, they don't get. And that mm-hmm. was where I had to go, how am I going to make sure that even though this is my world right now, that I can still connect with amazing people, I can still know that I'm shifting the dial, I call it, from problem to solution. And even though those borders are closed, what was it for you that kind of, or what's fueling that not happy side?
0: (laughs) I think for me, it's a moment where I was thinking, you know, what do I really want to do in terms of having impact, you know? Ah, Um, And and, and when I say say impact, the first impact is the impact to me, right? You know, health has become very important to me, right? So now, you know, I'm in a very fortunate space where I'm making time for, Things like going paddleboarding and going surfing and walking on the beach, and I'm very fortunate, very grateful to be stuck where I'm stuck. I'm I'm in a beautiful. I I have to
2: admit, I've got swimmers on underneath, (laughs) and afterwards, I'm going for my swim, the laps and the pool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, 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 I've got my paddleboard on the. So after this, I'm paddleboarding. But I love it. I love it. (laughs) But I guess in saying that, it's just understanding, you know. Like what's important? What do I really want to do? Like a mentor of mine, Jim Rohn, you know who Jim Rohn mm-hmm. is. I had the good fortune. I flew to, I, was, I met him in Connecticut and mm. I was fortunate enough. So it was Jim Rohn, Mark Victor Hansen, and Jack Canfield and we were at lunch. Oh, what
2: right? of so amazing.
0: I, so mm. I was lucky to be invited to this lunch. And Jim turns to Mark Victor Hansen and says this, Mark, what's really, 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 really important to you? Right. And he says, I'm asking you four reallys, not one, right? And I thought, I thought, what an interesting question, right? Because it's not just like, this is what's important. No, what's the truth behind that importance? What's the, you know, where's the why? And what's the real outcome of that, that importance? And I think that's a question that I've been asking myself for the last six months in just kind of readdressing how I want to be. Like The beautiful thing about this pandemic is it's forced change. It's forced to different thinking. It's forced us to be creative. It's forced us to be, to pay attention. It has created a scenario where it has had dramatic impact on lives at so many different levels, right? From family to family, from socially, from distancing, from the ability to communicate. Our attention span and our consumption online has dramatically increased because we've had time. We're alone, right? And the one thing that we don't want to be as human beings is alone. We want to, You know, we want. You know, this is as connecting as I can get with people from not my Uh world in my immediate vicinity. But you know, but we're still fortunate enough we can connect with our family and friends. You know, although we had challenges that in not so recent past, we have the ability to do that. So my thing was is, you know, what do I really, 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 really want? Right, and a lot of people who know me know me from a business perspective. Right, I'm the business guy, the business talking guy. Right, so I talk. You know, I talk a great game when it comes to business. It's what I've been in for the last 35 years of my life, right? So, however, that's not a representation of who I am. That's just what I do, right? This so I had weird. to think at a different level. Yeah, I've got you loud and clear, Kiri-Marie. Uh, okay,
2: good, because yeah, it's yeah. not the sin for me. So that's great that it is you're
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's working we'll fine. Just you're roll, all you're with everybody's, it. Everybody's we'll roll yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you asked that question, you know, why the happy thing? Well, I think really I just wanted to sort of say, you know, wh- how am I making a better impact on me as being a better human being? How am I yeah. showing up as that better human being? And more importantly, what does that mean? What is the impact that I want to have on the people that I have relationships with, the people that I work with, the people that I connect with? What am I driving towards? What's the essence of what I'm driving towards? And I guess the big thing that keeps coming back is, and i had this conversation with gary v in austin texas of all places you know you know that question right if you want god to laugh tell god your plans yeah <laughs> right you know, the, the, you know if you really want god to have a laugh yeah. tell him what you're planning and i had that moment with gary v gary asked me so what are you working on dude what's the plan right and i sat there in that moment and i realized in that moment i didn't really think my plans were big they weren't big enough. They certainly weren't yeah. big enough for me to be inspired. I wasn't inspired by my plans. And so I'm sitting there saying, you know what? Um, you've probably asked me the, the, the right question at the right time because I have to actually pay attention to answer that question. You know, so I think it drags back to, you know, these are the cliches. and I'm, uh, However, there's a reason why they're the cliches. In business, you've got to have a vision for the company you're building, but I also believe you've got to have a vision for yourself, for what Absolutely. you want your life to be. And, and I find, found myself dangerously living moment to moment to moment, right, and not mm. actually thinking about what's going to happen in the future. What's What am I building towards? What is the impact I'm trying to change? And speaking back to another sage who unfortunately left us not so long ago, Wayne Dwyer, Dr. Wayne yeah. Dwyer, right? Yeah. He made the statement, and when I was sitting there with Gary, it's like Wayne jumped into my head and had this, literally made this statement, right? Are you in process or are you in outcome? Yeah. Are you in process or are you an outcome? And the majority of us live our lives in outcome. Like we have this idea, and this is, and it's always out in the ether, in the future, right? It's out there. So we're either, living, we're either dragging our past or we're projecting out to the future. Right, We're Mm. living in our past and recessing our past or we're projecting out. I found myself repeating the past and projecting the future, right? Repeating the past. Yeah, right. Wow. And so I sat there and in that moment I said, whoa, I'm not asking for more, right? Mm. I'm not asking for more of myself. I'm not asking for more of the impact that I have in the world. I'm not asking for more of the people that I engage with. I am not asking for more, right? And so then I had to find out what more was. Right? I had yeah. to figure out what is more, right? And it wasn't like it wasn't more money. More, you know, that sort of stuff is fundamentally, I, you know, I've been fortunate in life to learn that I can create that anytime exactly. I like. Exactly. I can learn those lessons. I know how to make that work. That's not the driver, right? So, my, no. so it goes back to that very first thing we talked about 22 minutes ago, what's really important to you what are your values what do you what, yeah you know and I, was, I kept on thinking what, are, what what is so important to me right and I really struggle with this word because it was not a representation in my life I struggle with mm. the word love I struggle with the word love I even struggled wow. saying the word
2: you did. Right?
0: because I allowed a past to reflect mm. into now where I didn't actually really know what that meant right? I didn't actually know what that meant. And, you know, the first person that you've got to love is you, right? And when you're unhappy, there's not a lot of loving going on when you're not not happy. You're not doing the love, you're not doing the kind piece, not doing the nurturing piece and the caring piece of those sorts of pieces. So I see people, recently we had the Australia Day Awards, and thankfully, and incredibly, two Indigenous people had won the accolades of the Australia Awards, and two other women had won uh, the accolades of their contribution to our nation as Australians. So four amazing, like we had four incredible women with four very, very incredible stories to tell and to share and the impacts that they were making on their lives. And there was one, and I'm trying to remember her name now that's eluding me, but there was a lady, along with a friend, which I thought was really interesting, that they provided sanitary, devices to women who didn't have access to sanitary devices right yeah who, wow. who, who didn't have it. so that the whole thing was providing something that is a natural thing yeah. you know that, that women go through and they've built an entire organization to support women and provide them with the services to have access to doing to be just to keep themselves healthy to
2: have a necessity you know, to be okay yeah.
0: and to me that was like In today's world we're living in the modern in a wet country where that is a problem. Like that little thing, that thing, but that thing is a problem. And somebody saw that and created a whole support and an infrastructure and resources to help women who struggle to get access to health and sanitation, right? Yeah. Which is extraordinary. So and I thought, wow, right? You know, the little things that impact on our lives, how does that impact on a greater audience or a greater community? So I think what I realized was that, yeah, I was not thinking big enough for myself first and for what I'm trying to create in the future. And I think that's a thing that people forget. It's okay to be selfish. Ian Rand wrote a fantastic book called The Art of Selfishness, right? It's okay. You have to fix you before you can go and save somebody else, right? Yeah. You know, when you're on an airplane, yeah. the first thing they tell you to do is you put the mask on yourself and then you put the mask yeah. on the person beside you, right? If they can't yeah. put the mask on. You've got to save yourself first. You're ineffective if you can't be good to you, right? So I think if you want to make an impact, the first person you've got to put the mask on is you. You've got to breathe, right? And I think you've got to ask some questions, and I think you've got to make some uh, different choices in what you consume or what you're allowing in the languaging and how you're speaking. All of that has a huge impact on our lives. So I think the thing, you know, if we want to make an impact on the world, the world that we have to impact on first is this one. That's the first world we have to impact on, right? And I've just lost you. You're back again, Kerry Marie. I'm back, back. again.
2: <laughs> I just <You're> actually <laughs> I swapped over to see. I've swapped over to internet to see. Yeah. I've never had this happen. Yeah. I reckon it's because this conversation's so good. No, this no, this is the I world
0: mean, we need to change.
2: The, yeah. yes, it is. And it's these kind of conversations that are so important because you talked about something so important, love. If you can't love yourself, how can you love others and bring an impact, right? Yes, you can use your skills, your abilities, but, you know, when you, and and I always say this because I get asked this question all the time. Hey, Kira Marie, I need to build my business, my company, my organization, and then I want to do the impact piece. And I go, no, 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 no. I said, every time you make a decision at the decision table, it has an impact. So let's do both of these things at the same time. And here's the the amazing thing about it, John, is that when you're building on impact as well, in other words, an out-focus, not just an in-focus, your economic growth actually escalates because your drivers are beyond... Just making your little kingdom, or what ha- makes you happy mm-hmm. here, right? Yep. And it's, but it's an interesting concept because lots of people go, yeah, yeah, but I'll get to it. What if? And I don't know about you, but <laughs> that's that a one
0: day, was, that's a day island thing. That's one day I'll, I'll go to is. the island one day.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like I don't know about you, but one of the things over the last couple of years, I've lost beautiful souls in my life, and. I realized, and then my mom, actually, when she passed away, this was the most important thing. Before she died, I asked her this question. I said, hey, because I was like, you know, I like to ask questions because I'm curious. I want to learn. And I'm like, I'm never going to be able to ask anyone else this question. So I'm going to ask my mom. And I said, mom, what's it like to be dying and knowing you're dying? And you know what? She never hesitated. She was a woman of faith, and she said, I know, Kira Marie, I'm really peaceful about where I'm going, but I haven't finished what I was meant to do here on earth. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that just became my lens of my thinking, and I was like, what if every day I lived knowing that I had done everything humanly possible that I could do, and that I was proud of by the end of the night. And so I began living every day like that and going, have I done everything humanly possible today? And I love that because it's about doing that, you know, and we talk about this when, you know, growing income and and things like that on the economic side and the business side. Hey, have you done that call? Have you done that extra You know, connected with someone to get that sale across the line. You know, what have we done today that is, or what are we going to do today? Because for us, it's the start of the day. That is going to be that piece that we know is going to bring impact beyond our world. That's going to help maybe step, help someone else to step it up and do what they're meant to do in life. And I was like, what would I need to do? What would that need to look like? Here's the thing about this and the interesting thing about it is that I'm finding that because the world seems to tell us what to do, we're stuck in these systemic sort of conditionings, the biases that we are getting thrown across the world, that actually there's less and less humans thinking for themselves. And I'm like, what if we could think for ourselves? Like you said it yourself, I had to start loving myself. I had to start looking after me and thinking about me so that I can give out from that. What if Mm -hmm. we did more of that? And that's what I'm talking about with the importance of the muscle of human intelligence. What if we had humans thinking more, making smarter decisions? What would that need to look like? What does that bring up in you when you hear that?
0: Just doing little things. You know, Mm. as you were talking there, you know, one thing that sort of, I realize is today I haven't hugged my wife yet. Ah. I actually, she's she was, uh, I got up so early in the morning, you know, she's sleeping like, you know, as <laughs> a normal human being would at 4.30 in the morning. That would be <laughs> for me. I'm the other one that is up at 4.30, so, <laughs> so I'm with
2: you. On so,
0: you know, as you're talking and I'm like, you know, mm. thinking about, and when I'm thinking about, like, okay, you know, yeah, I haven't hugged my wife. So when I, when you know, once I get back to home, the first thing yeah. I'm going to do is go and give my wife a hug. But then I, and I thought about that as like, okay, I'm, I'm hugging my wife, but how am I hugging other people? Like yeah. if, if we use the metaphor of the hug as yeah. a selfless gift or acknowledgement, how am I hugging others? Right? Who am I, Like I'm sitting there thinking, who am I actually talking to today that I can give a hug to, right? Mm. Out, uh, and that could be like a virtual hug, right? And so, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to hug my wife and yeah, I've got a few interactions today. So I'm going to Make sure that I'm consciously going to share some kindness, right? Share some kindness just so that that person feels good, that somebody appreciates who they are for who they are, just not for what they do or what they don't do or whatever. Just like, hey, you're okay. I love that. You know, you're okay. You know, I like you, right? Yeah. And whether I do that in a, a physical, exchange of words or whether i just uh, do that from a some form of gesture yeah i think i need to hug more people today <laughs> mm. here's, not here's necessarily amazing thing. physically but virtually right
2: but here's the amazing thing john and i think that this is so once you are smarter humans using that and then going how do i now use that in my world and and I think that there's a platform. You as a leader, as, you, as a person that is really smart in the business world, I've got a huge respect for you in that arena, and you're so giving of that. And you talk about kindness as being a driver. Well, I can see how kind you are and humble you are when you're giving out of that. Like you truly do. Here's the thing that maybe you don't even notice, but I think is the thing that, you know, all of us, We have a platform. We need to use that platform for good. We need to use it. So if kindness is one of those things, then you're using, you already do it. But if you did it even more intentionally, what would that need to look like? Because people look up to you, John. People look up to you because you are leading in what you're doing and who you are. And I have to say, having been a kid that wasn't supported, no one had my back. No one, like I literally the opposite story to what I live now, like literally. And I had to learn to find that within myself to get myself up and keep going no matter what. Because there were just, I learned the power of drivers from a very young age. And there are many that aren't like me in that way. There are many that are not like you that has this resilience to go, If I was to be better, what would that need to look like? How can I be like that? What would I need to do? How would I need to turn up? What does that mean in my world? There are a lot of people who can't even do that for a step. But I can tell you, John, if you said something to them, they would go, oh, he sees me. I'll tell you an example. I got to hang out with Richard Branson. I've got to hang out with him a few times. I love him. I think he's an amazing, he's one of my mentors and I remember literally the day that I thought I was going crazy with the big thinking that I have, you know, I'm one of those freaks that think very much in the future, but I also think very much I learn from the past and then I'm really in the now because I'm able to access all two, you know, like sides of my brain because I'm ambidextrous, I've really exercised my brain and So I'm very analytical, strategic, logical. But then on the other side, what a lot of people don't know is I'm extremely creative and a big dreamer, vision chick. And so that mixture of things has created what I thought and was starting to believe maybe I'm just off another planet. And maybe I, because no one was thinking like I was, no one was getting it. And I remember hanging with Richard. And I said to him, I, because he, he gave me the platform. He just, he let me blurt it all out. What was inside of me? What I was thinking? Where I wanted to go with it all? And, you know, like throughout the time, I was just able to say that. And one day, we were literally just been in a leadership session. Out of nowhere, he punches me on the arm, and he looked me in the eye, and he goes, "Kerry Murray." And he punched me again, and he looked me in the eye. And he goes, you are amazing. Do you know those words helped to change my life? Because I felt seen, I felt heard, and I felt it was like the touch of the poop, you know what I mean? Like in in that sense because he was like the mentor that I looked up to, the closest to anything that I ever dreamed of. He had already been doing all these amazing things and using what he had built around him to bring an amazing impact and continues to. And I thought, okay, if he can see me, if he can see that I'm not crazy, I'm not going to look back. And from that day on, I did not. Ooh. So that's, and they were two, you you know, no, you are amazing. Three words. Ooh. Oh,
0: I mean, if you could look somebody in the eye and say that and allow them to process that. Like, give them the moment and allow them to take that in because some people are going to sort of look at that and go, Whoa, what do you mean? Right? There's going to be a question, you know, because it's like, don't want to step outside of ourselves here, right? Uh, if we, you know, this is the brain working away because we've got to accept yeah. that that is somebody else's acceptance of who they see us as, right? Yeah. So it's really weird, right? I had a lot of challenges accepting compliments right? I have really struggled with people saying nice things to me, right? This is not something that happens now. I'm very accepting and thankful for anything that anybody wants to say nice about me. But in the past, it was like, it was really hard. And so what I found myself doing is taking a moment to just sit there for a second, allow Mm -hmm. the comment to accept the comment, and then just say, thank you. Not just thank you to them. Yeah. Thank you to me, right? Thank you. Right. And so, you know, whether I did that in my mind or I I was able to verbally convey that, right. Yeah. I think if if you can acknowledge when somebody sees you, hears you, and you can accept that that it's not the kindness, it's Mm. their acknowledgement or acceptance of what they see you as a person. And so from there, I think to own that, because they would not say those things if they didn't actually experience that moment with you. Right? And especially so, him. <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, he would, not, he would not be the kind of guy that would, do, would say things like that lightly. So, yeah, so when you find yourself in those moments, I think sometimes it's like pause. It's ah, like it's so nice. easy to react, right? But allow yourself to receive that gift, and you were fortunate enough in that moment to allow yourself to receive that gift. And then, you know, understand that own it. Like own. When somebody calls you out like that or points that out mm. you, own that accept and own that because when you can you will approach things very differently you will start to think a little bit differently you said something before and it was around the 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 concept of you know the drivers and the impact and what sort of stuff and there was a Mm. question that you asked you know what what do you do like what how do we make those shifts and how do we make those changes and you know little hinges swing Mm. very very big doors I remember I was in thailand and i was at a temple and i'm trying to remember the name of the temple but i was in a temple Mm. just outside of bangkok it's a huge temple and to go into the temple you have to the monks they have to push this door you look at these doors and they're just they weigh tons these doors are solid you know teak doors that have been layered so Mm. they each side of the door literally weighed tons tons but the hinges which were actually made of wood right The same wood that the doors are made of were tiny, like these. And and you could literally put your hand, your palm, on the door and just push, and this three-ton door would just open from this Mm. little touch, right? And so a friend of mine, Tim, often says to me, "John, little hinges swing big doors." And I think little, little micro things, little things that you do, the micro things that you do have can have a massive impact. You know, I talk about hugging, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, thinking of that, the hugging concept, like who can I hug today? Who can I yeah. acknowledge that other than my family, my wife? But I'm also thinking, well, you know, who am I helping today? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, who am I helping today? And if I help that person, then, you know, the impact that they will have a greater impact down the road, yeah. the butterfly effect concept. But without sounding cliche I think it's what is the little micro things that we do? What are the little decisions that we make? Because we are going to be, we're going to stray. We're going to be distracted. We're going to have, you know, shit thrown at us yeah. all the time. And so there was this one thing, and if I can relate a story, and this relates to a concept of, I call the bill mentality, bill mentality, mm. right? So we get bills, right? And yeah. for us to, you know, we've got to feel resourced. We, For us as human beings, we need resources. We need resources to live our lives. We need certain things to sustain ourselves. And so we need our currency in the world is, well, now zeros and ones on a, on a debit card, right? Whereas before it was folding <laughs> cash, right? So now currency is zeros and ones on a debit card. And so we have this concept, and I believe it's the same concept that we have through lots of things that we experience in life. And I call it the bill mentality. And so the mm-hmm. bill mentality essentially is that there's moments in life where you get a whole stack of bills, all at the yeah. same time, and the bills yep. are bigger than the amount of resources you have to take care of the bills. So, mm-hmm. you've got more bill and less money, more bill. The bill is higher, yeah. So, what we tend to do in those moments, apart from feeling resentful of the fact that we have all these bills, which we really shouldn't be resentful for because it's like getting things in credit, right? Like, <laughs> I, like my bills. <laughs> <laughs> I like my bills, right? So, with the bill mentality, what do we do? We start planning how we're gonna take care of it, because we're responsible and we know we're gonna take care of them and we're going to take care of them because we enjoy the what we've received for what we're paying for, right? And so we start planning, we shift, we say, okay, I can take care of, the, the ones that I can take care of right now, I'll take care of these right now. Then this one here, I'll take care of it a couple weeks time. And then this one here, I'm gonna stretch it wow. out to six weeks, that's a big one. And so we start planning to take care of the bills. Now, as we go along, so we make adjustments, right? We, we make adjustments yeah. along the way. And we take care of it. And then there's this moment. And I don't know if you've experienced this, Kimberly, but but years ago I used to experience this a lot. There's mm. this little moment where at the last minute you all of a sudden get a bump, a surplus, like a tax check comes back, a refund. Yeah. Somebody pays a bill. You land a new customer. It's like just a chunky bit of money. And it's so always true. enough money to mm. take care of the bill. It's enough money to take care of the big bill. So you take care of the big bill. But here's the thing. There's just a little bit left over. So it's enough to take care of the bill, sigh of relief, taking care of my responsibility, and now I've got a bonus. I've got a little bump. So Mm. I'm going to go and do something, a little bump. I'm going to go and buy something. I'm going to treat myself. (laughs) I'm going to go have a coffee. You know, all of a sudden we're back to normal, right, because we've taken care of a responsibility. And so this happens often. To some people Mm. this happens every month, right? This like they're literally playing through every month. And what I discovered was or what I realised was that we're pretty resourceful human beings because mm. what we've done is we've learnt to plan and manifest only to pay the bills.
2: Oh, that so enough,
0: that's so we true. we ask enough to pay the bill, right? Mm. What, and this is when I learnt this, it completely changed my whole perspective on being resourced. So that so if we ask, if we do think about it, right? The actions, right? We start thinking about how we're going to take care of it. We start planning. We make adjustments. Yeah. We do things to bring the revenue and the income in. We're actually yeah. moving on solving the problem, the goal. We're reaching the yes. goal of pay our bills. And we don't only just pay our bills. We just get a little bit extra. And the thing is, we to eliminate bill mentality, we just actually have to ask for more. If we did the same thing that we mm. did for the bill, and yeah. we did that on asking for more, then the bills will always become irrelevant. Right? So I was very fortunate 20 years ago <laughs> when this became the case. It does, I've had some doozies. I've had, I get bills all the time, right? But I, never, I don't think I've worried about them for two decades because yeah. it's taken care of. I've always asked for more. So if I take that concept from uh, being resourced financially to being yeah. resourced human personally, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. what am I planning for? Am I planning for existence? Am I planning for just get through the day, just get through the month, just get through mm. the year? And Is that what I'm planning for, right? Or am I actually trying to create an experience as a human being for myself? And in that experience and that expression, that expression is going to have an impact with me turning up is going to have a yeah. greater impact on the world. And whatever you turn your mind to, whatever project you work on, whatever thing that yeah. you believe that you do, ask for more, right? Because if you're oh, asking for more, ask for more. You're going to plan for more. You're Mm. going to plan. You're going to do the actions, and you don't know. Like I say, you know, the money just shows up. You don't know when the resources show up to actually support the idea because you've been in the process and not in the outcome, right? Oh, that's that's so powerful. The process and not the outcome, right? So, so powerful. Yeah. Mm. So mentality don't need it. Lack of resources. This is probably one of the most interesting people of our modern history who passed many years ago. Mother Teresa, diminutive, oh, yes, nothing woman. Yes. Her role or her purpose in life was to feed three million mm. people per day, to give two meals Amazing. to three million people per day. That takes a ton of resources. That yeah. takes hundreds of millions of dollars to do that over a sixty-year lifespan. That she made that her purpose in the Carmelite group. She was one of the most powerful women in the Catholic Church. In fact, she was one of the most hated. People on the yeah. planet,
1: right? Yes. One of the most
0: despised people on the planet, and she, you know, she, she. But the thing that she realised is that to be able to give people human right of nourishment, yeah. right, to be to be able to live the sustainability of life in this world, takes mm. resources. Now, as a Carmelite nun, right, mm. she's not running a business, right? No. She's, She's running an organization that is benevolent. And as a benevolent organization, she needed to run her organization like as if it was a business. And so, what Mother Teresa
2: Mother
0: Mother Teresa flew private, Mother Mm. Teresa only flew first class.
2: No way. Mother wow.
0: Stayed, Mother Teresa only stayed in presidential palaces and presidential suites. No way. Mother Teresa she, that's how she traveled. If you you can google it, right? That's how she rolled. Like, uh,
2: this right? is amazing. Wow. <laughs> but, here's
0: the, but here's the thing. The reason why Mother Teresa chose to travel the world or be in the world outside of where she was in her organization was because she needed to speak to those who are resourced to provide Mm. her with the resources to be able to help feed 3 million people a day, right? She had to speak to those who could provide the resources to feed a population of 3 million people twice a day. And yeah. so what do you do? You've got to hang where the changes are, right? You're not gonna hang, wow. you're not gonna go down to you know, the five and dime store and stand outside with a cup and say, Hey, I'm trying to feed three million people. No, you're gonna go and sit down and talk to presidents of nations yeah. and organizations that are benevolent and the United Nations, you're gonna have those types of conversations because you need resources, you need help, mm. right? able to do that and so that's how she was able to do that for 60 years is she placed to put herself she had the big dream she had the big vision she had the desire to have an impact on humanity and you know the books that I've read of her, people who knew her she was not a very nice person right she was a very <laughs> aggressive what some wow. might say was very angry she was like the Steve Jobs of of, uh, of- the Catholic Church right <laughs> <laughs> um, um but, but in, in reality love- like, she was in reality, like if you, uh, I'm sure I'd, you know. I've, mm. I've, I've read interviews with her. Like, think about it. You know, four foot, four foot six Albanian woman, right? Yeah. You know, decides. There's going to gonna go be some in there. Mission, <laughs> yeah, makes her life's mission to support people wow. in India, right? Her not her home country, right? You know, interesting, right? So I think that idea of wanting more or asking for yeah. more at a personal level or in all levels of life, right, mm. if we were to ask for more, if we're asking for more, then we will be presented with those opportunities, right? Oh, and my what, gosh. We, you know, and so that's the thing. I don't believe there's a famous psychologist, a guy called Sam Varkman. He's a very ADD, a, a very brilliant man from a psychological point yeah. of view, an economist. He, he, there's lots of videos. You can look him up on YouTube. But there's one thing that I remember him saying, and he talks about this concept of magical thinking, the magical thinking is this idea that you create a story and the story can be real, right? So you create mm. an idea and you think, oh, "I can." that's the truth, right? I'm going to be this one day. I'm going to, you know, like think about kids, right? Part of early development in children is magical thinking actually helps them to develop their brains. That's why kids can go, I want to be an astronaut. I want to live on Mars. I want to be a fighter pilot. I want to be a brain surgeon. I want to be, like there's this unlimited possibility in a child's yeah. mind that is that is the child in their learning development to, that's stretching their brain. That is actually yeah. the formation of their thinking by having that magical thinking, right? Yeah. But in, when we there's a point in life where magical thinking is actually quite counterproductive, right? <laughs> because what happens is, and there was a famous movie, and I don't want to mention the name, but everybody will know what I mean. They talked about the concept of manifestation right, mm-hmm. think about the things you want, ask for the things yeah. you want, and yeah. the universe will go beautifully, just magically, one day- Drop it you're, in. You're, drop <laughs> it in, right? And you yeah. might sit there and say, I had this idea and I had this vision and it was gonna happen this 12 months, this was gonna happen, Happ- and it didn't happen this 12 months. And Well, and then the rationalization, right? So the cognitive okay. dissonance is, well, the re- maybe the reason it didn't happen is because, you know, the coronavirus happened, yeah. right? right? Or maybe it didn't happen, so there's this rationalization of why. It had nothing to do with them, Right. Yeah. But there's this rationalization wise. So we have this concept, and mm-hmm. I'm not doing the concept of magical thinking justice. I would highly recommend those who seek Sam Bachman out on YouTube to watch yeah. that magical thinking. You know, it really speaks to the truth of what it really is. It's actually quite dangerous. Right. And so we talk about this wanting more, but we've got to go back to what are the little micro steps, what are yeah. the little hinges that we need to put in place to actually enable that to be a reality not to actually create the reality but to mm. enable the reality so rather than you know the story right. of projecting out should be a story of so now in this moment what is the thing that's going to move us forward yeah. what is the thing that we can have an impact on and it's not again it's really hard to not allow yourself to go to the biggest step right Sometimes it's that hug. Sometimes just that moment of that embrace, that's it. Just that thing is enough to start (laughs) the ball rolling into something else and something else. And then every, so I think it's little micro actions. I think, you know, the news is a very dangerous thing right now. So I say to people, look, you know, I found myself in a trap where I would be, if I was at a store or I was sort of sitting there, I'd be on my phone if I'm in line and go, oh, just check the news, boom, You know, hit news.com.au. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: The world's imploding. You know, the virus is terrible. The vaccine doesn't work. Uh, All this shit, right? It was a habit. It was, stand in line, read the news. No. Yeah. Right? Mm. Stop doing it. So I found myself, I know what's going on. People tell me what's going on. If I need to know, I can look for it. If I need to know. But I'm, I don't feel like a sense of loss. I don't feel like a sense of I'm yeah. not up to speed on anything. People let me know what's going on. I haven't stepped off the world. But I find <laughs> that when I've removed myself from having that thrown at me in terms yeah. of because we've got to think, what is the agenda, right? What is yes. the, the agenda for them is money. The agenda for them is power. The agenda for them is to create a new sense of truth, right? Mm -hmm. The agenda Mm -hmm. for them is if if we turn people into hangry, rabid consumers, we're winning, right? That's the media, right? The media has kind of gone off the rails. Social media, same thing. People have an agenda. When somebody writes something, when somebody posts something, when somebody communicates, my question is, what is the purpose? What is the real essence of the agenda of this message? And in Mm -hmm. most cases, the news is completely taken out of context. There's not yeah. enough, the soundbite, and I think I said this at the right beginning, the soundbite is out of context because yeah. then we make the soundbite the most important thing, right, the drastic, the push, <clears throat> the slay right? So maybe one of the little things is think about what we're consuming mentally. Yeah. You know, instead of consuming news yeah. and, and other people's agendas, maybe nourish yourself with things that are going to be supportive and encouraging of you know, totally. love and kindness and, you know, something that's helpful rather than mm. something that really ultimately isn't going to have any impact on you other than a negative impact. Right, and,
2: and that goes back to taking away rather than adding value. And that's yeah. why it's so important, I believe, that we exercise the muscle of human intelligence. So it's doing these things. It's the micro. It's the exercising these things to stretch. It's like any muscle, if we don't use it, it doesn't give us a result. Whereas when we use that, there's a result. Like we've got to finish up now, but there's two things. Two things. One, if people want to know more about you, what you do outside of having these kind of conversations, what's the best spot for them to connect with you?
0: Just go to consultingunleash.com. Yeah, Or just look for Don Logo on Facebook and see this face and Perfect. you can connect on Facebook. See this
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And the second one I ask everyone. So we've talked about this a lot, like, you know, creating an awareness. We've dived deep into so many amazing sort of variables, levels of thinking, and I've just loved this conversation. And I always love our conversation. So I knew I was excited for our conversation here because I didn't, You know, it's funny, you go, I'll let you drive this. No, 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 actually, I'll let you drive this. And we, who knows where this conversation will go, right? Like that's the power of these conversations. But one of the things, so we've created a lot of awareness around different things and thinkings and insights. But one of the things I always say, and I ask everyone that comes on the decision table, what are you going to take from our conversation?
0: The thing that really kind of highlighted is something that you said, the moment of acceptance that you're an amazing person, that idea. You know, for me, I think I need to practice pause. Like, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. And I'm constantly trying to improve this. And I think if there's one thing that came out of that statement that you made is to listen, right, to Mm -hmm. listen and to allow yourself to just own it and to accept it. And I think that's something, and that's a gift too. I think that is a real gift that you can give to people is to just, listen and because in that moment that person if you acknowledge that in that moment of pause that person knows that you're actually listening to them yeah because as much as they are bestowing that upon you they wouldn't Mm. be able to recognize that if they didn't recognize that in themselves
2: yeah right as much as
0: they bestow that as much as they bestow that upon you like sees like right like Mm. sees like You know, our friend ed dale right our friend ed dale you know Champion, like I, I think it was one of uh, Taiki's intensives. Somebody called mm. me out to because I, I mentioned Ed being brilliant at something that he's always brilliant at, that he's amazing. And somebody mentioned it in the group and said, "Hey, John called you a champion." And then Ed turns <laughs> around, he says, "Champions, no champions." You know, champions. Yes. And, champions and, thought, and so I think in that moment, one of the big takeaways is to listen to just yeah. allow yourself to accept that information rather than being instantly responsive, right? So yeah. to go, yeah, I am freaking amazing. Yeah, I yeah. am freaking awesome and powerful and I am, you know, good in this world, right? Yeah. And so that's probably my biggest one is take that I moment of pause, accept it, but no, in that acceptance, you're also allowing that other person to connect with that as well. So Yeah, um, that's yeah, so
2: powerful. That's Do you know what my big thing from today's conversation is? It's funny because it's the pause but the pause to ask for more. I've not always Mm -hmm. been this person that has found asking for more an easy thing. And Mm -hmm. yet with such a big vision and dream of what I really want to be doing and having happening, the way that that happens is by asking more and collaborating with more people. And so I've had to go on that journey a lot. But I loved what you said. I loved what you said about Mother Teresa. I'm going to be studying her more. I want to learn from that because I think that there's a lot of asking for more. You know, I didn't want to ask for more as a young person because I didn't feel worthy of more. But I feel so different about who I am and what I'm about, which we've talked about so much about the individual, right, that now I'm so excited to ask for more because with more, I can impact more as well. And so for me, that is if I pause and I need to ask for more, what can that look like? What can that, you know, what does that need to look like? how will it change what i'm going to do and what i'm doing when i do that and so for me that's yeah. my biggest thing from our conversation today
0: <laughs> thanks appreciate you having me on happy to come back anytime
2: thank but, you uh, it's
0: always lo- it's always lovely to connect with you Marie.
2: John, you are amazing and I'm so thankful that you've been here on the decision table and thankful for your vulnerability and just your openness. I know you normally do a lot of business, business stuff and I think that, and one of the reasons I don't go straight into that or even go into it often at the beginning of a conversation is because most people identify with that and all you have is this conversation around it and the true learnings and the true insights are actually when we connect as a human and learn as a human what you're thinking what you're doing and how you're using what i call the muscle of human intelligence so thank you for being here and i'm going to end this broadcast but don't go away for a second okay okay. Uh, but i will end this broadcast so thanks everybody for being on the decision table and john for being here.
1: thank you amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, Recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.